Good morning, church. It's good to see all of you here on this Mother's Day. That picture there is Barb's mom. Uh, the little girl looking down at the baby brother is Barb. And then the little baby in the lap is Barb's brother, Russell. Isn't that neat? This morning I'm going to begin with uh, reading from, I'm sure you all thought I was going to say the Word of God, but no. I'm going to read from the Mother's Dictionary before I read from the Word of God. These are some definitions that no doubt you moms are very familiar with, like this one for family planning. Family planning, as in the Mother's Dictionary, is defined as the art of spacing your children the proper distance apart to keep you on the edge of financial disaster. <laughs> Any moms, can you relate to that? All the moms will be able to relate to this one, feedback, defined as the inevitable result when your baby doesn't appreciate the strained carrots. Right? The full name, full name is what you call your child when you're mad at him. William Craig Sullivan. I heard that a few times, just a few. Hearsay is what toddlers do when anyone mutters a dirty word. Oh, that's unfortunate. Independent is how we want our children to be as long as they do everything we say. Ow, defined as the first word spoken by children with older siblings. How about puddle? Is a small body of water that draws other small bodies wearing dry shoes into it. <laughs> Sterilize is what you do to your first baby's pacifier by boiling it and to your last baby's pacifier by blowing on it. <laughs> Top bunk is defined as where you never put a child who's wearing Superman pajamas. <laughs> Verbal, able to whine in words. Huh? And finally, the last definition from the Mother's Dictionary is, who done it? None of the kids that live in your home. <laughs> now that we have that nonsense out of the way, let's read from something really important. Let's read from the Word of God from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So now on Mother's Day, we are all children. So to the youth among us here this morning, I want to settle you down a little bit, say don't worry so much. When you hear this passage about obeying your parents, you might think that this message is aimed squarely at you. But it's not. You can relax. At least a little bit you can relax. It's only aimed partly at you because it actually applies to all of us because again we're all children and we all have mothers we're gonna focus on verse 2 this morning honor your father and mother and of course since it is Mother's Day we're gonna focus on mom but most of what we'll say certainly does apply to both parents and this would mean anyone who fills the role of parent in your life for example some of us were raised by grandparents children must obey their parents as it says in verse 1, if they care at all about following Scripture. But the command to be obedient to parents ends at some point, and it's not necessarily true of adult children. When adulthood arrives can be kind of a matter of debate. However, it is always true for both adult and young children what we see in verse 2 here, in which Paul quotes the fifth commandment from Exodus chapter 20. 
Obedience is required when we are younger, but honor is required for life. I could have started this morning's sermon a little bit more negatively rather than with the silly definitions from the mother's uh, dictionary. I could have started with this passage, which addresses the consequences of not honoring our parents. This is found in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17. It says, The eye that mocks a father, that scorns obedience to a mother, will be pecked out by ravens and will be eaten by the vultures. Whoa, happy Mother's Day, huh? (laughs) Quote that verse, Mom, the next time your kids disrespect you. See how that works. Not a verse you hear in too many Mother's Day sermons. Kind of severe, don't you think? Speaking of severe, I could tell you about a particular Mother's Day in the Central African Republic in 1971. The president of that nation marked that day by rounding up all the men who were in jail for committing any kind of crime against their mothers. And then he executed them. Again, happy Mother's Day, huh? Yet the Word of God takes honoring of mothers very seriously. Failure to honor parents was one of the sins that the prophet Ezekiel listed in a description of the people of Jerusalem before the city was destroyed. We read in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 7, Father and mother are treated with contempt in you. The sojourner suffers extortion in your midst. The fatherless and the widow are wronged in you. But rather than focusing solely on the disincentives for not honoring our mothers, we need to look at how this command applies to all of us and why this is important and some of the reasons why it's such a significant thing in our lives. A key reason this is a vital thing to grasp is this. The family is the crucible of life. Do you know what a crucible is? Okay, a crucible is a melting pot with a very hot fire under it into which chemicals or more often metals are placed. They're placed in a crucible to burn away the waste matter, the useless stuff, the impurities, the things that keep the metals from being all metal and nothing but metal so that only the pure metal remains. And this is done especially with precious metals, such as silver or gold. So the family is the crucible of life. It's the place God uses to refine us, to purify us, to burn away the waste, the useless stuff. Anybody have some useless stuff in their life? I do. Families are the crucible God uses to make us into usable tools for his kingdom and to teach us how to relate to people outside the family. What does that have to do with Mother's Day and honoring your mother? Well, mom is at the center, the focal point, the nexus of this crucible called the family. And when scripture commands us to honor our mothers, there's purifying that extends far beyond the relationships that we have with our mothers. There's shaping and molding of us that can impact every other part of our lives to the negative or to the positive as we learn or don't learn to honor our mothers. Learning to honor our mothers and fathers has an impact on how we learn to honor others and how we learn to honor God. If our faith in Christ is real, it will usually prove itself first in the home in our relationships with those who know us best. 
I think it's interesting and in some ways kind of sad that the opposite is often true. With the ones who know us the best and love us the most, for some reason, those are the ones we often feel free to let them see our worst selves. Maybe it's because we're confident. Maybe it's because we're secure in their love. And we know they won't reject us because we act like an idiot. But for whatever reason, our worst selves are often on display among those who love us the most, our families, and that ought not to be. Sometimes I love the clarity and the bluntness of some of the older commentaries. Here's an example related to honoring of parents, quoting uh, from the Exodus chapter 20 passage that we read just a moment ago. To accustom a child to be obedient to a parent is designed to be one method of leading him to be obedient to God. No child that is disobedient to a parent will be obedient to God. And that child that is most obedient to a father and mother will most likely, will be the most likely to become a Christian and an heir of heaven. And it may be observed in general that no disobedient child is virtuous, prosperous, or happy. Everyone foresees the ruin of such a child, and most of the cases of crime that lead to the penitentiary or to the gallows commenced by disobedient to parents. You don't hear that in modern-day commentaries, but those older commentaries sometimes hit the nail on the head. In our culture, parental honor seems almost archaic. Yet Scripture is clear that the parent-child relationship is one of the most basic foundations for society. This is true because from the parent-child relationship, we learn how to relate to people. Martin Luther once said, out of the authority of parents, all other authority is derived and developed. Both Jews and Christians throughout the centuries have recognized that the fifth commandment is about so much more than just mothers and fathers. It's a principle about our attitude toward authority in general. Honoring our mothers lays the foundation for our attitude toward all authority figures. If we learn well this lesson about honoring our parents, we can learn how to relate to our boss, to our teachers, to our government, etc. If we don't learn the fifth commandment, then we'll have no foundation for the rest of the authority figures in our lives. Without any kind of authority, relationships in our society would fall apart. So think about this. The way we relate to umpires, to church leaders, to police officers, to our government officials, to teachers, to bosses. It's a natural outgrowth of the way we relate to our parents. There's the story of a little boy who forgot his lines in a Sunday school presentation, and his mother was in the front row to prompt him, so she gestured and she formed the words silently with her lips, but didn't seem to help. So her son's memory had gone blank. Finally, she leaned forward and whispered the cue, I am the light of the world. The boy's face lit up, and with great feeling and a very loud and clear voice, he said, My mother is the light of the world. <laughs> that may be just a little beyond how we're supposed to honor our mothers. Honor is kind of an old-fashioned word, isn't it? And the valuing of motherhood seems to be old-fashioned and out of style. There was one writer who talked about his wife and talked about what a brilliant woman she was. She had a Ph.D., she was capable of pursuing a very profitable career, but she chose, when her children were younger, to stay home with her children. 
And her decision really didn't bother her at all, except when other women would ask, what do you do? She would answer, well, I'm a homemaker. I stay home and take care of my children and my husband. And they would usually respond with, oh, and then just kind of ignore her from that moment on. So she came up with another response that she would use when people asked what she was doing, what she did. She said, I'm socializing two homo sapiens in Judeo-Christian values so that they'll appropriate the eschatological values of utopia. What do you do? They would often blurt out, I'm a doctor or I'm a lawyer, and then they'd wander off with kind of a dazed look in their eyes. So moms, remember that, especially you stay-at-home moms, okay? Remember that. That's the fancy way to say you're making Christians. You're making believers in Christ. It's important to recognize that the biblical understanding of honor is close to, but at least in one significant way, different from how we might understand it in common usage today. When we hear the word honor today, most often we think of some kind of award or recognition for a thing of, that is accomplished. We think of things like the Academy Awards. We think of sports league MVPs. We think of business or social or academic achievement. For example, we could honor Heather Wright this morning for the accomplishment of getting a scholarship and completing her master's degree. Way to go, Heather. Very appropriate to honor her for that. We could honor the academic achievement of our other high school or college graduates. Certainly, these kinds of honors are important, too. They're important, and they're legitimate, and I think they're wonderful and very appropriate recognitions. Yet, here's the thing. They are not the kind of honor that's referred to most often in Scripture in one significant way. You see, the honors that we just spoke of were for something that required hard work, something that resulted in accomplishment or achievement or even more for the accomplishment or achievement of excellence. And they are rightly and appropriately honored. But we're to honor our mothers. We're to honor each other. We're to honor God, not primarily because of what they've accomplished, not primarily because of what they've achieved or excelled in. We're to honor them because of the position they hold. We're to honor our mothers just because they are our mothers, because of what and who they are. This is where it gets difficult, and this is why Mother's Day is probably the least favorite day for any of us to be scheduled to preach. But here I am. That's because we realize that while many, maybe most of us, can find wonderful things to say about our mother's character and achievements as it relates directly to us, in other words, our mothers did this for us, our mothers did that for us. The fact is some of us didn't have or don't have very good mothers. But when the Word of God says to honor our parents, to honor our mothers, the command has little to do with anything other than position. Whenever a child, a child trusts in God and obeys his word, he honors his parents. Even an unbelieving parent is honored by a believing and obedient child. But what if a person has parents who are hardly worthy of honor? Can't we all think of those children we know whose parents seem to have done their absolute best to ruin their kids' lives? Children who have been maybe physically or emotionally or even sexually abused. They'll have to deal with those effects for their entire life. How can such children honor their parents? 
When we honor our parents, we acknowledge that they have been ordained by God to be our parents and to receive our honor. Honoring parents who are not worthy of honor can only be done when we recognize that God has appointed them to be our parents. Consequently, they're honored for their God-given position of parent and not necessarily for their performance of parent, though that may be perfectly appropriate too. That's because biblical honor is largely positional. The word for honor in the Old Testament passages that Paul quotes in Ephesians 6 has the literal meaning of this, to be heavy. So in a good sense, when you honor someone, you pile weight on them. In common everyday language, you lay it on them. Your revering of them, your honoring of them, lays on them expressions and attitudes and actions that show you give great weight, you give great seriousness to the position that they hold. The New Testament understanding of honor means to fix a value upon. By implication, it means to revere. So when we honor someone in a biblical way, we give great weight to their position. We attach a high value, not just to what they've done in a positive sense, but to their role, to their position. The word picture is weighing down someone with esteem and respect. The opposite of honor, then, would be to take someone lightly. Think of that when you understand the idea of honor being giving weight to somebody's position. By withholding honor and respect, you take them lightly. So honor is positional. When people are honored in the Bible, they are honored largely because of the position that they hold. And those we are commanded to honor in the Bible are most often those who hold a certain God-ordained position. God is honored because he is the sovereign God of the universe. Kings, rulers, elders, masters, presidents are all to be given honor. Parents, too, are to be honored for their position, for their role in the family. Thus, honor has to do with position. The position that a mother has above and beyond others just because of who she is in our lives. In all the passages of Scripture where it commands us to honor mothers, to honor parents in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, it never says to only honor parents who are perfect parents. It doesn't even say only to honor parents who are good parents. Good Christians, spiritually mature, or to only honor parents who don't make mistakes, or to only honor parents who don't let you down. God clearly instructs us to honor regardless of performance, regardless of behavior. One reason for this may be that it takes faith to believe that somehow God can use imperfect people like our parents to help shape us into the people that God wants us to be. Now, a disclaimer is in order here as well. Honor does not mean to excuse them of their sin or to trivialize pain that they may have caused you, though, of course, that must be accompanied with forgiveness. Also, honor or obedience, for that matter, doesn't require us to honor or obey in things that are clearly against Scripture. We are always to honor God first. But it does challenge us to see the truth of the gospel that our faith rests on. And that's this. The truth of the gospel is that even when we did not deserve to be saved, 
even when we deserve damnation, we were paid the highest honor of God becoming like one of us. Jesus suffered and he died in our place on the cross like a common criminal and he did all that to forgive us and save us and love us, not because we were worthy of honor, not because of any achievement, not because we earned it. Here's an important point for us to consider, and it applies to all the children here, not just the youth who are still living at home with their parents. How you honor your mother can be a good indication of how much you have grown in your faith, how closely you walk with God. When we follow God's commands to honor our mothers and to appropriately honor others, those very acts, those very attitudes of honor, in fact, honor God. The reverse is true as well. When we dishonor, when we fail to honor and respect our mothers, when we fail to appropriately honor and respect others, we do, in fact, dishonor God. So though we can laugh at the verse from Proverbs that we read earlier about ravens pecking out our eyes and vultures eating them, it does, I think, show how seriously God takes this idea of honoring our mothers and our fathers, honoring others and thus honoring him. Obedience to parents isn't just because the parents are bigger than the kids. Of course, that's not always even going to be true, right? Kids get bigger too. It's a it's important because obedience to parents is part of a child's devotion to Christ. Let me say that again. Obedience to parents is part of a child's devotion to Christ. For the older adult, honoring parents is part of a child's devotion to Christ. So even so, honoring our parents is to respect the role that God has given them in our lives, and that does not stop when we've left home, though it does change, and we'll look at that a little bit more here in a minute. One preacher commenting on this idea said, every time we see our belly button in the mirror, it should remind us of the fact that we didn't just show up one day. Someone gave us the gift of life. Someone had to change our diapers, feed us, carry us around, and make sure we got naps. Now, our parents' role in our lives is a changing role. So how we honor our parents depends on how old we are. When we're younger, we honor our parents by obeying their rules. Now, a man once said a parent's responsibility is not to his child's happiness, it's to his character, and discipline builds character. I would add that by building character in our children, we help equip them for a successful life, first spiritually and also socially, economically, and educationally. So obedience when we're young is to our benefit too. It's not just being obedient to God, but it's to our benefit too. It's the key way we can honor our mothers and our fathers. Now as young adults, that changes at some point after you leave home. Then we honor our parents by appreciating what they've contributed to our lives. Hopefully at some point we recognize what Mark Twain is famous for having noted. He said that when he was a teenager... He was amazed at how unintelligent his father was. But by the time he turned 21, he was amazed how much his father had learned in such a short period of time. <laughs> One preacher said this, when we're adults, we honor our parents by carefully weighing their advice, by listening attentively to their ideas, even if we end up deciding otherwise. Some of the key areas here are picking a college, choosing a career direction, 
and choosing a spouse. Now, as mature adults, we honor our parents by caring for their needs. There are many of us in this position today, and that may include everything from caring for their physical needs because they're growing more frail to caring for their financial needs if necessary. So honoring parents takes different forms for different people and in different circumstances. There's no one template we can lay on this and say everybody needs to do it this way. But the commandment to honor remains. Since the fifth commandment's very general, we see that the application of this command is not the same for everybody. The young child will honor his parents as he obeys them. The older child will also honor his parents as he or she is obedient to God. The older adult child whose parents are dependent on him will honor his parents by providing for them in some way which may be different from person to person. So while we're to honor our parents because God commanded it, and that should be enough, there's a story that shows the practical reason for this. This is one of Grimm's fairy tales. Some of you may have heard this before. There was once a little old man, and his eyes blinked and his hands trembled. And when he ate, he clattered the silverware, and he missed his mouth with the spoon as often as not, and he dribbled a bit of his food on the tablecloth. Now, he lived with his married son, having nowhere else to live. His son's wife didn't like the arrangement. I can't have this, she said. It interferes with my right to happiness. So she and her husband took the old man gently but firmly by the arm and led him to the corner of the kitchen. There they set him on a stool and gave him his food in an earthenware bowl, and from then on he always ate in the corner, blinking at the table with wistful eyes. One day his hands trembled rather more than usual, and the earthenware bowl fell and broke. If you're a pig, said the daughter-in-law, you must eat out of a trough. So they made him a little wooden trough, and he got his meals in that. And these people had a four-year-old son, and they were very fond of him. And one evening, the young man uh, noticed his boy, his four-year-old son, playing intently with some bits of wood. And he was asking him what he was doing. I'm making a trough, he smiled at Dad, to feed you and Mama out of when I get big. The man and his wife looked at each other for a while, and they didn't say anything. Then they cried a little, and then they went to the corner and they took the old man by the arm and led him back to the table. They sat him in a comfortable chair and gave him his food on a plate, and from then on nobody ever scolded when he clattered or spilled or broke things. Of course, the practical moral to this story is that we had better honor our father and our mother because one day you may want your children to do the same for you. And this brings up another point. If you're a parent, how do you get your kids to live by the fifth commandment? Some of you parents may have noticed that just quoting this commandment doesn't always result in instant compliance. It's clear from this story that at least one way our kids learn about honoring us is seeing how we respond to the authority figures in our lives. How do we honor others? How do we treat our elders? I'm not talking necessarily about the TCF elders here. I mean the people in our lives who are elderly. How do we treat our parents? How do we treat other authorities in our lives? Policemen, sports officials, referees, umpires, bosses, teachers. If we respond negatively or harshly or complainingly, we are not modeling honor. 
And we probably won't see our children honoring us or other authorities in their lives. Giving honor is very practical, as we saw in that Grimm's fairy tale. But honor is not earned. It's positional. It requires more than just saying something. And honoring our mothers is a significant step toward honoring all people. We read in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. In 1 Peter 2, 17, it says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. This honor all starts at home. It all starts at home. Christian author Dennis Rainey gives us this list of ways we can honor our mothers or indeed both of our parents. He says we can choose to place great value on our relationship with them. We can take the initiative to improve your relationship if your relationship is lacking in some way. We can obey them until, they've, until we're established as an adult. We can also recognize what they've done right in our lives. We can recognize the sacrifices that they have made for us. We can praise them for the legacy that they are passing on to us. We can see them through the eyes of Christ with understanding and compassion, and we can forgive them as Christ has forgiven us. Honoring parents requires action on our part. And though this does look different for each of us, ultimately, what we do when we honor our parents truly pleases the Lord. Let me say that again. What we do when we honor our moms... We're talking about moms this morning, but when we honor our parents, truly pleases the Lord. We read in 1 Timothy 5, verse 4, If a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn. There's a priority right there. Let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of the Lord. We don't honor our mother's or our fathers because they're perfect. We honor them because God has placed them in this position as our parents. So today, on the day that we set aside to honor mothers, let's do just that. Let's think about how we can do just that. Let's please the Lord. Let's honor our mothers. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of mothers. We thank you for the gift of parents. We thank you for the very clear biblical admonition to honor our mother and our father. We thank you, Father, that we see very clearly in your word that honor is positional and it's not earned. So, Father, help us to remember that as we honor our mothers and our fathers, especially those of us who have a father or mother who, in the world's view, are not worthy of honor. But, Father, because you place them in this position in our lives, may we appropriately honor them, not just on Mother's Day, but throughout the days to come, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.